Hey, 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 beautiful humans. It's the Juice Queen here, delivering all those ooey-gooey, drippy topics that will leave you simply drenched in curiosity and connection. So let's vibe over, you know, the juice, shall we? My name is Noelle Mandolfo, and my sole mission is to make you feel seen, heard, valued, and validated in such a way that you remember who you truly are. And in that, you're never alone. This is a soft, safe, and sassy place where all of you is welcome. So come on, let's dive in. Well, hello there, guys. Welcome to episode three of the communication series. This episode is all about nonviolent communication. I'm going to pause right here. If you guys haven't listened to episode one and two of the series, I highly recommend you go ahead and do that now as we are kind of building on a foundation with each episode and I'm referencing things from previous episodes as we grow. If you're just trying to hone in specifically on MVC, welcome. So what is MVC? And I'll be using that abbreviation interchangeably throughout the episode. Nonviolent communication is a communication framework that helps people to connect with themselves through conscious communication and empathy. We use a four-stage process that consists of observation, identifying needs and feelings, and then ultimately making requests based off those things. Psychologist, civil rights mediator, and communications coach Marshall Rosenberg developed this practical strategy for peaceful conflict resolution back around the Civil War. It focuses on language, tone, empathy, and win-win same team, we versus me energy. Mediators, negotiators, therapists, teachers, parents, and the average person has adopted these methods ever since. This four-step process is fairly simple, but from my experience, there is a learning curve of, you know, learning to slow down to respond versus react when we are put in uncomfortable situations. Typically, um, as we've learned in previous episodes, we tend to have knee-jerk reactivity from childhood that shapes the way we do or don't communicate our needs and our upsets. And this often causes <laughs> havoc and causes disconnection and conflict with our loved ones and just people in general. MVC is an intentional practice of slowing down and utilizing the tools to operate from that team player perspective, which often gets lost when the nervous system is dysregulated. We use MVC as a means to stay level-headed and attempt to express ourselves in a way that causes minimal harm. And speaking on minimal harm, it's similar to ahimsa, which is one of the ancient yogic principles um, of the eight limbs of yoga. In Sanskrit, ahimsa means the absence of injury or non-harm, which is one of the main yamas or ethical restraints that is practiced in 
the first of eight limbs of yoga. So now to clarify, violent, nonviolent might might come off as a harsh or intense word for some in relation to communication. Like, well, I'm not violent. It's not the other thing. Okay, but here's the thing. A lot of harm can be done verbally or even non-verbally with just our energy and our, and our body language, whether intentional or not. It, something doesn't have to be physical for it to be harmful. Just want to make that clear. Our tone, our body language, our word choice has massive impact. Okay, so think of a conversation where either you felt interrupted or unheard or you know, shut down or attacked, things like that. Now, on the flip side, it's, it's also most likely the case that you have made someone else feel that way at least once in your life, whether intentional or not, right? And here's where we need to check the ego because if the ego is in charge, it might scoff and say like, okay, snowflake, like get over it. I didn't mean it that way. You're taking this too seriously, whatever, right? Like some version of that. But if I were to ask you, like genuinely ask you, do you intend to make people feel sad and hurt and unheard and invalidated or uncomfortable? Like, is that your goal when you're expressing yourself? Your intended vibe? Would you say yes? Because if yes, then okay, feel free to scoff and ignore and just turn this podcast off. But if at your core, no, you're not trying to hurt your loved ones or make them feel small, even when you're upset, then keep listening. If we don't intend to or want to hurt our loved ones with our words, then we can adopt this simple practice so that we can aim to ensure that our delivery is coming through to match our intent. It's going to feel funky at first while it's unfamiliar, but trust me, it does get easier and it's so very worth it. And you'll eventually think and speak in nonviolent communication as second nature. So why do we need MVC? It is especially essential when navigating tough conversations. Often in tough conversations, our nervous systems are activated and we react versus respond, which can cause harm and disconnection with the other person. MBC is the bridge towards mutual understanding. So some examples of hard combos might be ending a relationship or maybe setting boundaries, confronting someone about a problem, um, asking a roomie to move out, giving a boss or even an employee critique, resolving custody with a co-parent, dealing with a stubborn teen, like the list goes on, right? But these are tough combos that could be sticky, right? They, not everyone really looks forward to these types of combos because it can be confronting um, and it can put people on the, the defense which can create, like we were saying, reactivity in the nervous system, even when that's not the goal, right? So how do, how do we create an environment, a container, a space, a spaciousness in which someone feels safe to mm, navigate back and forth these sticky combos? 
And you might note that a common theme within these combos that I just mentioned is the possibility of conflict. And I say possibility because with the help of MVC and two active participants of MVC, sometimes conflict is avoided altogether through constructive and compassionate conversation instead. However, MVC is absolutely essential, at least for me, when navigating conflict. Otherwise, well, okay, so coming from a girl who was raised in the Bay Area and had all sorts of hypey confrontational habits, <laughs> MVC changed my life. Despite always believing that I was coming from a good place, like truly, even like, I guess I kind of had that vibe of like, like heart, uh, what do they say? Like harsh, the harsh truth or, you know what I'm saying? Like the hard truth, the harsh truth, or I forget the saying, but like, if I often was coming from a place of truth, yes, it might've been truth, but, oh, brutal, brutal honesty. That's what it is. Brutal honesty. I don't have to be brutal, right? And, but because I was convinced <clears throat> that my intention was coming from truth and I was just being real, then I was basically internally excusing my confrontational nature. And I'm not saying don't be confrontational, but there's a difference between confronting someone with compassion and confronting someone with like aggression or an instigative energy, right? I, <laughs> I tended to fall into the communication style of being loud and harsh and sometimes aggressive and sometimes downright mean. And it's funny because I guess I'll use this example of just a year ago or sometime in the last year or so, a couple years here, I, for some reason, found myself in a message thread with a girl from my high school who I haven't talked to in years, many years, 10 years plus, whatever, how long it's been. We're in the chat. I see a previous chat that we had in which I was defending something where I was genuinely wronged, if you will. But the way in which I was speaking and defending myself and talking about that other person was honestly gross. It was honestly gross. It was cringe. It was uncomfortable for me to look at. I was like, oh my God, yikes. Now, when I was reading it, I was like, damn, I do remember that incident and how much I felt like I was done dirty and I was in like, I was in the right, if you will. And yet here's my aggressive nature just Ooh, being like bamboozle, boozly vibe, like unnecessary. Um, yeah, and obviously I didn't have these tools back then. What I'm getting at is we can think that we're operating from this righteous place and maybe your intention and your core message is legit, right? But we can also be totally unaware of how we're coming off and how we're impacting the people around us. And this, this actually was a theme for me growing up <laughs> but another story would be that 
I wasn't aware. Like I'm saying, I wasn't aware. Uh, there's a couple things that stick out for me. One time, I remember being with two of my close-ass friends on a road trip. Something happened. Like, something where this one friend of ours who was less responsible, less on point, scatterbrained, if you will, either gave us the wrong directions and we like drove way out of the way something something that was like frazzly and annoying and I was the driver and I don't remember exactly how it went down but I do just distinctly remember this and have remember it forever which was I was annoyed and I popped off in some way towards that person in my mind I thought my reaction was just now the other the third person because this wasn't the first time this had happened with the person who gave the wrong directions, right? This is just something that, uh, and a reoccurring theme, theme between our dynamic. R- regardless, the third person was a witness. Um, so even though I felt, oh, this has happened multiple times and da-da-da-da-da, and like this, these were both close friends of mine, so I felt comfortable and like I thought that they and they did. They do know me well and like know my heart and understand me and knew that I wasn't trying to be hurtful. Basically, the, the third person was like super, very non-confrontational. Okay. This third person is super non-confrontational and basically came out of her shell to express in a very soft way that I was being... I just actually you know what she said she's like honestly dude you just get really mad and I remember her face and I remember her genuine genuinity and I remember thinking damn like I didn't even mean to come off that way like a way in which she feels hurt by my energy right I can only imagine how the person who's who I was directing it at felt and then I also sat with myself of how many times had I made that person feel that way without knowing right it was a huge stop like stopping point for me of just awareness um yeah oh geez yeah anywho I'm just now I'm just thinking of a couple things but okay the actual example I wanted to share was Basically, last semester of school, college, I was in an application-only, like, super limited space course, and it was my final semester. I needed to complete it for my major. First day of class, I arrive. We're doing the whole syllabus rubric thing. Basically, and it's a writing course. It's a writing course. Um, we all have to write like a story each week. Let's say it's like three to seven pages per story. Basically, the teacher was like telling us how every week we need to print out all 28 people's stories and edit them. Or not even edit them. Or maybe, maybe, it. I don't know. Print everybody's story out. But you were only going to actually, when we got to class only going to read and do like two or three people's stories that week so all this other paper was printed for no reason 
And what I mean by do is basically you get to class and you have to read the story. Like we're reading along with you and editing it as you go and like giving you our feedback and stuff. Um, so there's like, let's say 20 extra pieces of paper or, or stories that aren't used. And then the next week, it's a whole nother set of stories, right? So I guess my in my mind, I was over here completely thinking like that was like a complete no-brainer of why would we do that? <laughs> that makes no sense. So being the way that I was, I just said something like that. Like, oh, uh, I'm confused. Are you saying we would print all this every week? But what about, you know, like that's like 20 pages, like 20 papers that don't need to be printed. Can't we just like look at them online, you know? I thought that I was being a voice of reason. And maybe to some, yeah, that was what they were thinking. And maybe they did want to say it. But I was probably and definitely, at least to the teacher, coming off like a little, <laughs> a little shit. She didn't like what I had to say. Um, and it probably the way that I said it. Now, because... I'm operating through my own lens. I genuinely thought that what I said and how I said it was appropriate. Okay. Well, end of the week comes because the class is only once a week, I believe. I get notified by the dean that my teacher wants to remove me from class and that she doesn't want me in the class because what I said felt harmful to her. And again, I had no concept of MVC at this point. I was totally bewildered, just did not understand what she meant. I'm like, how did what I say harm? Like, what the fuck? Like, and I definitely more so felt like she was just trying to be petty. And maybe there is like, honestly, there maybe is still like, there was a degree of control and power, right? Maybe. But that's, okay, and then the other piece is if she kicked me out, I wouldn't be able to graduate. So this was like a huge deal, okay? So basically, um, you know, I said my piece with the dean and he told me if I was willing to speak to the, um, gosh, I don't even really know who the person was now, but it was like some kind of conflict resolution, like psychology situation um, which I was like of course I'm willing to do that I go in I sit down with the guy he asks me some questions I will just share just as like a side note it's totally like kind of irrelevant well I guess it isn't basically earlier that day I had met my mother up for like happy hour not I don't even think I had a drink but maybe I did yeah whatever I met my mom up for happy hour and my mom and I didn't have a good relationship and I never saw her and it was tumultuous and just toxic. But it was my first time seeing her in a long time and I agreed to meet because she was in town or something. Like, I just did it. Basically, when, because he asked me what I had done that day. When I said that, the therapist or whoever this guy was, was like, oh, bingo. No wonder. And I was like, what do you mean no wonder? Again, I was completely unaware of this type of stuff. And he was like, 
oh, I'm sure, you, you know, your nervous system was activated and, you know, you were having like an uncomfortable situation earlier in the day. And I'm like, well, it wasn't an uncomfortable situation. He's like, no, your nervous system was probably just, he was speaking a language that I had no clue about. You know, the stuff that we're talking about in this series. And, but that helped, that softened him to better understand why apparently I was coming at my teacher. And basically he offered me to, if I wanted to agree to um, like in-house therapy to stay in the class. And I'll just say, because I'm telling the story, that I originally was like, no. And then when I got home, I was like, wow, I really must think I'm some hot shit to say no to free therapy. Like, what do I think? I'm super healed or something? And it was a super humbling moment. And I totally agreed. And I, of course, grew and learned so much through that year about myself and, you know, my reactivity and all that. What I'm getting at is it took literally something that huge for me to sit with my delivery. Oh, and then another point was um, after this feedback, I went to a park and I saw one of my classmates there. And this was before I met with the guy, the, the psychologist dude. Um, I saw one of my classmates and I actually just went up to him and I was like, hey, you remember when this and that happened the other day? Like, how did you perceive that? And he shared that he understood where I was coming from, but he did feel like it was, he was uncomfortable and that he did, like, he didn't fully agree with the teacher's wording, like that it was harmful or, you know what I mean? But that he could understand where she was coming from. And that right there really sat me down. Like that really gave me insight of like, okay, so here I am thinking I'm the voice of reason and really I'm just being a fucking cunt. And that was the beginning of me, like, just, you know, on this journey. (sighs) I actually didn't find MVC for a few years after that, but it was the beginning of me gaining awareness around this. All right, so my point is, and to circle back around, for me, MVC is essential when navigating upset. However, and this is very important, just because you're using MVC doesn't mean the person you are communicating with will be ready or willing to receive it. And I share this as not to, not to discourage, but to paint, like, I don't want to paint an unrealistic picture because over the last seven years that I have been practicing MVC, I have certainly run into multiple situations, no matter how you know, loving and caring and peaceful and solution-based I am operating from, that other person is not willing to meet me there. And I just want to say that if this happens, that that, that's not your fault. That's not your shit. You are not responsible for the outcome. You are responsible for the effort, not the outcome. We can't control how someone else reacts, but we can control what we offer So speak with integrity or as stated in four agreements, be impeccable with your word as much as possible. Lead by example, even if no one is following, just do it for yourself. Something else I've experienced is sometimes people unwilling to meet you there 
might find the MVC tone and format lame or annoying. Do it anyway. Do what feels best and right for you. And don't let other people bully you or, you know, inst- you know, instigate you into angsty past patterns. Now, do not get me wrong. I'm not saying let someone walk all over or disrespect you. Not at all. If anything, what I'm saying is when you operate from truth and love and compassion and someone else is still trying to fight and bring you down, it offers you a window into where where they are and gives you permission to step down and create your own boundaries and space from that person. It shows you that you know they're not willing to be on the same team and you don't deserve that. It's time to walk away knowing that you did your best. You're responsible for the effort, not for the outcome. So if you ever are experiencing verbal and emotional abuse, such as aggressive body language or, or tone, name calling, gaslighting, which is when someone tries to change your reality and convince you your experience isn't valid, or stonewalling where they completely cut you off or ghost you or give you the silent treatment, or maybe just shame and belittlement or any other manipulative tactics, you are allowed to end the conversation. That, I mean, that's them exhibiting violence towards you, exhibiting harm towards you, whether it be verbally, emotionally, mentally. You do not have to hold space for another, you know, adult's tantrum. That is their work. You're allowed to walk away and you're allowed to offer, you know, revisiting the conversation when they are more regulated in their nervous system. Or you can choose to no longer engage with that form of harm if it's malicious or reoccurring. Okay, let's briefly name some communication red flags to be aware of while we're on this topic. Circular arguments that don't get you anywhere. Refusing to hear, validate, consider your perspective at all. Quick escalation towards aggressive behaviors, whether that be physically, verbally, or emotionally. Making statements that intentionally provoke reaction. Chronic refusal to take responsibility or to apologize or to compromise. So again, if, if that is what a, you know, conversation, air quotes, conversation feels like, that is not a conversation. It's an adult tantrum that you are being held hostage and babysitting. And that is not your job. Your job is to express your needs, boundaries, and desires with clarity and compassion. And if the other person isn't on the same team, you have every right and are highly encouraged by me to cease the experience until they are really ready to show up. Because keep in mind, the more we allow and engage with people acting out, you know, acting out of character and acting out of reactivity from their childhood patterning, the more we excuse and enable them to continue doing so. Now, this doesn't mean we, we don't love and fully accept this person. This simply means we love and fully accept our own needs, boundaries, and desires first and foremost. You know, the need to be heard, the boundary to be respected, and the desire to find mutual resolution. 
communication is a two-way street and both participants have to at least be willing to show up. And to clarify, I'm not saying that you or anyone else isn't allowed to have upsets or even tantrums. The spectrum of the emotional experience is vast and our habit reactions die hard. Be soft and forgiving with yourself while you learn these new practices because it's exactly that, a practice. But if someone is not at least interested in mutual understanding and compassionate communication, you will burn out from emotional exhaustion of always carrying the load. If you always have to be the bigger person, maybe you're around too many little people. Remember that. That is a quote that has always stuck with me. If you always have to be the bigger person, maybe you're just around too many little people. You should feel mutual efforts in your closest dynamics and inner circle. Okay, so how do we start healthy conflict and communication? How do we do MVC? Well, first of all, conflict is going to get its whole own episode. I just want to name that. And today we're just going to zoom in on the MVC basics to smooth over that foundation we're working on. Before we dive into the four steps, I just want to offer that... I want to offer what ideal expressions can look like even when navigating potential conflict or tough combos. Okay, so this is how you might show up or feel when you're navigating, when you know you're ready to navigate a sticky, tough combo, you know? Okay, so firstly, being processed, calm, and curious are the prereqs for a healthy, com- conflicting, you know, combo. That means there has been self-reflection and self-regulation of your nervous system. Which brings you into the next part, having a clear intention of what you need to express. Naming your goal either out loud or to yourself out loud meaning with the other person, or to yourself about what you need to be heard and validated and better understood so that you can come to this common ground that you're seeking. Focus on your own experience and feelings versus, you know, you know, saying like, you did this, you, you made me feel this way, you know, choosing I language over you language. A neutral tone, no yelling, and no name-calling or insults. Understand that they still might not be able to receive it in the end and be okay with that. Like, the goal is to express yourself, express your needs. And yes, the goal is probably to, you know, you're aiming to be heard and you're aiming to be validated, but just being comfortable with the fact that you might, you know, you might not get that. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, not throwing a tantrum if you don't get those needs met and you don't get your way. And of course, lastly, applying MVC, applying the request um, to get the needs met. So let's dive in to the four steps of nonviolent communication. Step one, observe and reflect or recap the little situation you're, you're navigating. Um, so 
What this means is you're going to focus on facts versus assumptions. You're going to uh, make observations versus evaluations. So, okay, I'll give you some examples in a sec. When we observe the situation versus just, you know, make assumptions or evaluations of the situation, we remove blame. Um, and blame creates a need to defend or deny, and this alleviates that. It also helps slow down the pace and allows both parties to understand and share that same perspective that we're aiming for. So again, step one, observe and reflect. So an example would be, here's an example of a assumption. You're not listening to me or you don't care what I have to say. Okay. You're, you're speaking, you want, you know, you're saying, you're sharing something important and the person in front of you is looking at their phone. You say, you're not listening to me. You don't care what I have to say. Even though that might be what you think or feel, that is an assumption. We actually do not know what is going on. We do not know if they hear you. We do not know that they don't care, right? It is an assumption. An observation would be, I'm noticing that you're on your phone while I've been sharing this with you. Just want you to feel into how that, like the differences between those two. Another example, an assumption. Okay, so you are trying to go to some event that is important. You are going with a friend. Y'all agreed on a certain time. This person is lollygagging or whatever, and now y'all are late. An assumption would be, you're always late. You're always making me late. Something like this. It's accusatory. It's uh, using a generalization about, you know, you're always this and that. Always, right? Making it, you know, blamey, shamey. An observation instead would be, I know we agreed to leave by noon, but it's one now. Okay? How do those two things differ? How do those two things feel? Another example you are navigating something with someone, they start to pull away energetically. Maybe they have, like, their body has tensed up, their face is all scraggled up. They're like, you know, they don't have eye contact with you anymore. They're looking away. They feel avoidant, something like this. An assumption would be, why are you angry? That would be a, um, what do they call it? An evaluation. You're, you're evaluating the situation and you're claiming it to be that. Why are you angry, right? Instead, an observation would be, I noticed a shift in your energy. You broke eye contact and sighed heavily. Or maybe you'll be like, I noticed you crossed your arms and stood up. This is you. It's a fact. It's a fact. That's the difference is one's a fact and one isn't. Okay. One is you just stating the reality as it is. You're not making, you're not making it emotional. You're not, you know, it's not emotionally charged. It's just you stating an observation of reality as it is, you know, you saying, why are you angry? 
that person hasn't told you that they're angry, right? Um, so, okay. There, one's more accusatory and the other is more neutral and curious, right? So curiosity allows the other person to check in with themselves without you dictating their experience. And like, here's an example is maybe they did look at their phone and they actually, you know, received some fucked up text that you know nothing about. And now they're closing down, they're shutting down, they're looking away, they're tensing up their body, uh, you know, they're standing up, whatever it may be, because they're actually anxious. They're not, they're not angry at you, but maybe they're worried and anxious now about something else that you know nothing about. So by you saying, hey, I noticed a shift in your energy, you know, are you okay? I, you stood up, you're, you're walking away, or I noticed you crossed your arms, something like that. Now that person, you know, is given permission to check in with themselves and then offer that back to you. Hey, actually, I just received this text and I'm feeling really anxious now. Can we, can give me a second so I can, I really want to hear what you're saying, but I wrapped up in this message I just got about work, something like that, right? You offering curiosity allows them to, you give them the spaciousness to be real with you. But if you start popping off and making assumptions, it's going to create a really intense uh, dynamic between y'all. So step one, observe and reflect. Let's hop into step two, which is describing your emotional experience, not the issue, okay? So what I mean by that is you're going to now name how you've been impacted. You're going to name how you feel, um, which is, again, removing shame and blame from the other person. And so we're creating a safe place where they don't feel like they have to be on the defense. So let's go back to our example of we agreed to leave at noon. Now it's one. The emotion, so the next part of your statement would be, so, and this is where people kind of get, you know, slip up sometimes because not everyone has access to what they are feeling, but that's what this whole practice is about. And I'm going to link this up in the show notes because um, there's, you know, a website, an MVC website that, that has these, oh, what do you call like, mm, just a resource of feelings and a resource of needs already listed there because if you aren't used to naming your feelings and your needs, you might not even have the vocabulary. You know what I mean? So like looking at a literal list, a fatty list that these people have been compiling for decades is super fucking helpful when you're first starting out. Um, so we agreed to leave at noon. Now it's one. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling anxious, right? You're not saying you're making me anxious right? So we agree to leave at noon. Now it's one and I'm feeling anxious. Or let's use the other example. I notice you've been on your phone while I'm talking and I'm feeling disregarded. Okay. You could also say I'm feeling, you know, so many things. I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling disrespected. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling unheard. Like I said, there's a huge list a resource that I will link up for y'all to access some of these emotions and needs that might be unfamiliar at first. 
In these examples, you are sharing the impact that the objective experience, so we were gonna leave at 12, now it's one, that's facts, right? And the emotional impact that it's having on you, right? Again, you're not saying you're making me, uh, you're making me anxious or you're making me feel disregarded. I feel disregarded. I feel anxious. I'm feeling X, Y, Z. That's your own personal truth that cannot be disputed. You see what I'm saying? But if you're saying to them, you do da, 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 X, Y, Z, you this and that, you're telling someone else their experience. That's not for you to say. But if you share your internal landscape, that is your truth. That is, that is your, that's your experience. That's your facts. We're speaking through facts throughout this process. So, yeah, by owning the I and removing the you, you're creating this, you know, safer, less accusatory container to explore the mm, issue in. So, step two, describe your, you know, emotional impact. Step three, identify and express your needs. Again, this one can be tricky because not everybody has access to what their needs are. Um, and be careful because sometimes you might think that your need is, I need you to put the phone down, right? But really what the need is, is I need to feel heard. I need to feel, you know, safe. I need to feel like I matter, like, I, like I'm being regarded, like I'm you know, there's a deeper core need. It's not, you know, when you're saying something like, I need you to never be late. That's not it. (laughs) I feel anxious when I'm trying to arrive somewhere because I feel irresponsible or maybe I even feel disrespectful when I don't show up on a time I agreed upon with somebody else. And... That's what makes me not want to be late, right? So it's this deeper need of wanting to be reliable um, and dependable. Hmm. All of the emotions that we experience when we're having an upset is due to an unmet need. So discovering what it is. Anytime that I'm upset or even anxious, personally me, and I'm feeling just off, I'm feeling weird, I often just ask myself, what do I need in this moment? That is a huge phrase for myself. What do I need in this moment? And I will literally just sit there and think about it and then give myself that. Even if it's something like low-key and silly, like if I'm feeling a little, I don't know, mopey or off, and I'm like, what do I need right now? I'll be like, I want a boba. (laughs) Or like, I want to snuggle, you know? Or "I, I want, I just really want to lay down and have a glass of wine, whatever it is, like I have to ask myself what that is. And if I'm not asking myself these questions, I might be short, I might be crabby, I might be mm, lethargic or combative, right? It's on me to be in touch with my needs. Um, And so this, even though this is, you know, this four-part communication skill or, well, yeah, it's a skill as well, but I was going to say tool, um, it's much deeper than that. 
it's much deeper than that because becoming familiar with what our you know our emotional landscape is and our needs are we just show up better as humans Mm. Mm. okay so yeah identifying the need let's go back to our examples we agreed to leave at noon now it's one and i'm feeling anxious so insert the need I have a need to feel reliable for my loved ones, and when I arrive late, I feel like I've let them down. Okay? Makes sense. Or, I notice you've been on your phone while I'm talking, and I feel disregarded. I'm really needing support right now. Simple. Again, the hard part is honoring your needs. Becoming familiar with what they even fucking look like and sound like. It's... It's unfamiliar you know, even fucking believing that you have an unmet need, to be honest. That's the hard part. But once you become, you know, again, familiar with the fact that you have needs and they deserve to be honored and they deserve to be heard and they deserve to be met, mm, this will, not only will this process be easier, but your life will get easier and fuller more connected with your loved ones because then you're also giving them permission to do the same right um now they you're like again leading by this subtle example in which they they hear you honoring your needs and you're like what are my needs right honestly it's just a beautiful it's a beautiful thing so the fourth and final part of the mvc process is making a request It's time to ask for a concrete action to meet the unmet need. Remember, it is a request, not a demand. That is essential. This means using phrases like, would you be willing to? Are you open to? Versus, okay, you have to do X, Y, Z, or do this, do that. You should, you better not X, Y, Z. No, that's not the vibe. We're making a request so that someone can choose to meet your need. Now, and here's the thing. Someone can choose not to meet your need. And like I was saying earlier, this offers a window into the, dyna- uh, the, the dynamic you have with said person. If someone constantly wants to fight with you when you're coming from a place of compassionate understanding or you're presenting your needs in a loving way and they want to shit on you, I mean, <laughs> that's not the vibe. We don't need people like that in our circle. And okay, again, I have compassion for maybe when someone is dysregulated and, you know, they're acting out of reactivity versus response, we can definitely give people grace and come circle back around when everybody is more, you know, neutral and see if they're willing to revisit that with you. But if someone is consistently, chronically unavailable to compromise and meet your needs or even hear them and validate them, Nah, we're not here for that. Okay, so let's go to our examples. We agreed to leave at noon. Now it's one and I'm feeling anxious. I have a need to feel reliable for my loved ones. And when I arrive late, I feel like I've let them down. Would you be willing to fold the laundry later so we can leave as soon as possible? So simple. Um, Yeah, you just are assessing the situation. And naming 
a request about the situation, again, it's not a demand. It's not like, yo, what the fuck? You're doing laundry when I said I needed to go at noon. It's fucking 12 or it's fucking 1 p.m. Like, you don't, you're not considering me at all. What the fuck's going on? Right? Whoa. Totally different vibe. Completely different energy. Hey, would you be willing to fold the laundry later? You know? Most likely and hopefully that person hears your need and they hear how it's making you feel and you also have this already agreed upon time, like it should just make sense for them. What's the likelihood of someone saying like, no, I'm going to do the laundry now. I don't care that you're late, blah, 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 or whatever. I mean, another, uh, you know, the thing about a request the thing that I like about the request in the in the MVC format is that, in a way, it's kind of a boundary. Like, in a way, it could, let me reframe it. Like, you could be like, "Would you be doing uh, willing to do the laundry later? If not, I might have to take my own car." You know, so you're like naming you're like putting your foot down but through this option of choice versus demand in which the person is able to meet your need and make a choice or choose what they want to do right let's go to the other example i notice you've been on your phone while i'm talking and i feel disregarded i'm really needing support right now would you be willing to put your phone down for the next five ten minutes while i share this Again, if that person was like, nah, I'm not willing to do that, that's basically like a boundary you just neatly packaged up. You're basically saying, look, in order for me to feel heard and seen right now, I need you to put your phone down, right? And if the person's like, I'm not going to do that, then you, you get a free ticket out. You get a clear window into their intention and you get a clear ticket to leave, even if it's hurtful which I'm sure it would be, right? It's such a clear way to understand someone's intention. So there you have it. Those are the four steps. Again, they are... I don't have them memorized, sorry. Step one, observe and reflect. Step two, describe your emotions. Step three, Identify and express the need. And step four, <laughs> make the request. Like I said, I'm going to link some of those MVC um, resources into the show notes so you can get more examples of what, what it looks like. Um, also, in a previous episode, I mentioned how the book What We Say Matters by Judith Lasseter was just super helpful for me as a beginner. Highly recommend. I also want to insert something into the format that MVC doesn't directly cover, but that I personally, through like mindfulness practices, find like just absolutely um, like, what's the word? Um, when two things match up, like accompanying, accompaniments. Yeah, I feel like they fit right in. So what I'm referencing is 
becoming aware of the body, the sensations in the body. That's like a mindfulness practice and a Vipassana practice that I have that has, again, changed my personal life. What I mean by that is by becoming more aware of my bodily sensations. So an example would be, let's say you're in a room and people are arguing. What does your body feel like? For me, I might feel mm, tense. My, I might feel constriction in the chest. Maybe I feel warm or I'm starting to sweat. I know that when I'm in conflict, when there's something super adrenaline-based conflict happening, like huge confrontation energy, I sweat. I feel super freaking hot. I, I sometimes get shakes and stuff. Um, when I'm feeling sad, sometimes I'll have like an ache in my actual like chest or heart. Um, I'll feel lethargic. I'll feel um, sensitive. Yeah, there's a lot of ways that we can pay attention to our body. But sometimes I'll use my bodily sensations in the second part of the MVC formatting. So let's see. Here's an example. Let's say you're in a car with someone who is driving really freaking fast and it's scary, like you're genuinely scared and uncomfortable <laughs> and you don't know like what to do. An MVC, you know, practice might be, you could say, maybe when you're at a stoplight, I don't know. Hey, when we go 30 miles over the speed limit, I feel constriction in my chest. I feel really hot. My whole body gets warm. I... I just feel uncomfortable and I get nervous. I need to feel safe in this moment. Would you be willing to slow down while I'm in the car? Or next time I'd be willing to drive when we go out? Is that something you're open to? So it's just inserting the bodily response. Um, or sometimes when people are asked, just uh, you know, a day-to-day -day example of you know, bodily sensations is sometimes someone's like, we haven't seen each other in a while. Or let's say we've had a long day and I meet up with a friend or a partner for dinner or something and someone's like, so, so how are you or how was your day? I will literally stop, pause, take a deep breath and go, hmm. And I just sit with myself for a moment and I tap in. Yeah, okay, I feel, I feel pretty good. I feel relaxed. I feel I had a long day. Uh, I was a bit, you know, you can feel in your body through physical sensations, where you're at emotionally, if you're, if you're available to tap in with that keen awareness, and I do believe we all have the, the ability to do so, it's just, I don't know, I feel like oftentimes people aren't asked to check in with themselves. So maybe you can explore that as well, checking in with your body, checking in, like, how does my head feel? How does my face feel? How does my jaw feel? Just go down the body. How is my, you know, for me, a lot of signals come through the, like, throat and chest. Like, I feel, if you feel constriction in the throat, like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel like I can't speak my truth right now. Things like that. That's just something to ponder. So the more you actively practice MVC, the more naturally it integrates into your way of thinking and speaking. Before you know it, it'll be second nature. I've noticed that when I choose to speak this way, it has an impact on the people around me. 
which is a subtle way of leading by example, right? Also, remember what I said earlier that not everyone is willing to receive or reciprocate MVC, but don't let that discourage you. Honestly, just let that be your guide on who is really able to meet you where you're at and be on the same team as you. It's not you versus me. It's you and me versus the problem. I also want to offer that even though MVC is now deeply embedded into the way that I operate, there are there are certain people and situations that I know this specific four-part process either, you know, isn't appropriate for or simply it won't land. Um, I sometimes make the conscious decision to then adapt the format in such a way that is more relaxed and digestible for the audience, if you will. Um, so it doesn't feel so structured and robotic or confusing for people. Um, like I wouldn't just go and use it on any old person. You know what I mean? Like, or I will, I'll use it, but I will like, I don't know how to say it. Like, like water it down or just make it like, I will internally be using the format and like know how I want to come across, but I won't necessarily make it all formatted in such a way that that person is like, what the fuck is going on? Like you sound weird and I don't like how this feels. That's the last thing I'm trying to do, right? We're trying to use MVC to connect with people, not make them feel confused and disconnected. So I also just want to throw that out there um, that, I mean, and this is another thing is it's going as the, just like with any other language, the more you are familiar with the language, the more you adapt um, slang and like a casual energy about it. And you, you just speak in like a different flow, right? Like you access different words and abbreviations and whatnot. That's basically what I'm talking about. The more familiarity you have with MVC, the more it's embedded into your system, the more you can use it without having to use it exactly, you know, in the original formatting. Okay, so I guess if I could use an example on what I mean by that, I might say something like, if, if someone is using derogatory language around me that I don't resonate with, like, uh, yeah, let's just put it at that. I might, I might be like, hey, I just want to name that you using the term XYZ makes me feel uncomfortable. I really value feeling connected to you, but when those terms are used, I shut down. Do you feel me there? Would you be willing to not say that word when we're together? So that that could even be broken down even further to like, yo, I honestly don't feel comfortable when you use those words. Are you open to refraining from using that around me? It just makes you uncomfortable. Okay, so it's not exactly fitting to the MVC model, right? It doesn't hit all four parts. It, it doesn't use exact language, right? But I'm still expressing a need or an unmet need and making a request um, and I'm expressing how it made me feel right so it's it's like the core is there but I'm I'm changing it around a bit to meet to meet the person that I'm speaking with to meet the environment or to, to meet what's more appropriate I will say that even when I was saying that out loud there was like a sense of you could even feel it. Tell me if you if you feel what I'm saying. Um, a a more 
accusatory energy to it, even though it's pretty chill by me saying, hey, when you use when you use this word, it makes me uncomfortable. So it's you make me uncomfortable, right? So it's not the I language. And even just saying it right now, even though, you know, I am intentionally telling you that it's a, it would be used in a certain setting. I even just saying that made me feel like, yeah, I don't know if that would exactly work. I mean, it does work. The thing is, it does work with certain people in certain settings. Now, let's just use that example to be like, okay, well, what if someone took that personally and took that the wrong way because you're not creating a safe, you know, which is the whole point of MVC. You're not, you're making, you're, you're opening the door for it to be taken wrong by not creating the, um, by not removing the, sh- the shamey, blamey um, language. So let's say the person was like defensive, right? By me saying that like, well, damn bro, da 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 I didn't even mean to, like, that's on you. Like you t- you're taking it the wrong way. You can, you can then still express yourself. I mean, that's just so avoidable, right? If you attempt with the full spectrum MVC, but can you imagine hanging out with certain people who aren't available for that? Like they don't, they don't do that shit. And you're like, when you do, I feel dude, like they, they might, like it just might not work, right? So that's what I mean is some, and I will say this, sometimes depending on the situation that I'm in and the dynamic that I'm in, I don't even necessarily try to get all my needs met by people who I know can't meet the need. So that's just food for thought as well. Some people I love and I treasure and I literally just respect them and want the best for them. And simultaneously, we are on different parts of the same path because I believe all humans are on the same path. Like if you go to the core of our reality, which is just being born and then moving forward, um, we're all on the same path of life and we might be on different parts or different roads that lead to that same point. And so we might be on different roads or we might be on different parts of the same path and that's why we don't see the same perspective the same bird's eye view yet and so is it really necessary or important for me to have that person um, meet the need of something that they don't even see yet I guess what I'm just saying is pick your battles right there's a reason there's a saying and if you have a, a close inner circle or family and friends and coworkers where you need a particular thing to be seen and heard and and the unmet need to be met, hell yeah. Obviously, that's what NBC is all about. I'm just saying there might be situations and people you love that naturally won't meet the need. And I just don't want you to put yourself in a pickle if you don't. I'm just saying have discernment around getting the need met. Okay. So, anywho, what I'm getting at is over time, you will know when and how to use these tools for particular situations. And honestly, I'm just proud of you for being here and for giving this a go in the first place. I have a whole bunch more juicy nugs around communication for you guys in the upcoming episodes. Please uh, follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share this 
podcast with your loved ones. Communication is essential. Um, And I recently found out that most of my uh, boosting and traction comes from Apple Podcasts. I don't know where you're tuning in from, but if you want to go over and give me a follow and a rating over there, it helps me get seen on all the other platforms. So even if you prefer another platform, if you just do me that fave, it would mean a lot to me. I appreciate y'all and I look forward to the next time. Ciao, darlings. Thank you.